It's September 23rd, 1995, the day after my 13th birthday. As I reflect on another year of loneliness and solitude, no brother or sister to spend time with, to argue with, to bond with. Another year of playing video games alone in my bedroom, parents busy with work, wondering if my friends are really my friends or just people my parents arranged to keep me occupied. It occurs to me that just as I am alone at the age of 13, so too will I one day die alone. And Come Down by Bush is number one on the <laughs> Billboard Modern Rock chart. Hello and welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Al. I'm Trav. I'm Quillen, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Today we'll be talking about Come Down, the third single from Bush's debut album, 16 Stone. Come Down spent two weeks at number one. Here's a clip. All right, well, uh, we're back uh, with our brand new tunics. <laughs> and I got to say, <laughs> you all are looking uh, very, very dapper. Wow. Fit to be knighted, Thank you. if you ask me. <laughs> uh, okay, we're talking about Bush. This is the first time we're talking about Bush. This is a big band, and I need help. I, I don't know what to say about I, I don't know it, what the deal is with Bush. Uh, so let's just go right into it. Is Bush a good band? I would say mostly no. I would say that they have some jams, though. They have some good songs. So I guess comparable to Collective Soul in that way. You know, I always try to try to find things that I like about bands from this era. And I came into this episode thinking that Bush was a good band. And then I listened to 16 Stone and it, it sucks. <laughs> Bush sucks. Bush is not good. Bush is the worst of the bubble grunge era. It's everything that anyone ever complained about. Like I can put squarely on the shoulders of Gavin Rossdale. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my inclination is, um, is that this album is not very good. Uh, we'll have to come back around and talk about that in a little while. Mm -hmm. I guess it's worth saying, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I think that Greedy Fly by Bush is like peak 
uh, peak 90s alternative radio. And that's on Razorblade Suitcase. So I don't know. We'll talk about that album eventually. But um, my most optimistic appraisal is that this is a band that started crappy and, and maybe found themselves later, I hope. Yeah, I mean, there there's definitely a jump that happens between 16 Stone and um, Razorblade Suitcase. Like, they become okay. more, I think they become more of themselves by that time. Yeah. That would be a positive development. Yeah, but um, but at this time, I mean, there are singles, but mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're they're legitimate singles. But the album tracks. I mean, yeah, I don't want to get too yeah. far into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. I was a kid, I I really liked Come Down. Come Down was my introduction to Bush. I think it was probably most people's introduction to Bush. Although I was surprised mm-hmm. to see that uh, Little Things was actually the first single from this mm-hmm. record. But um. I like to, I, you know, it has a big epic melodic chorus. I mean, there's a lot for uh, a, a young person to like. I don't really feel much listening to it now other than that there's some kind of cool guitar playing. Um, mm-hmm. Baseline in the verse is cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, Maybe I think, the best part of the song? Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, it's cool that the bass is static while the rest of the band moves around it and sort mm. of reshapes the how you interpret the bass part. That's always cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, L, I agree that I think this was my introduction to Bush, um, and I don't, I don't think I liked it initially, and I think it, I, it grew on me like throughout the years, like even a, like semi recently, like a few years ago, maybe hearing it randomly and being like, oh, this is a good, uh, you know, 90s modern rock single. And uh, I just, it it just lost that magic for me uh, mm-hmm. most recently. And um, yeah, we, I know we'll talk about the album later, but um, yeah, I kind of going into this was expecting this to be awesome. And like, oh, this is a great single and this is going to be the best song on the album. And come away feeling not that at all um okay i and i, I don't we're i don't be on the same this. page here i yeah. actually think it's still pretty good um pretty decent uh-huh. but just not uh there are other singles that i i like more um this time around so bush is the prototypical nirvana wannabe and in fact that's the origin of the term in April 1996, Rolling Stone ran a cover story entitled Nirvana Wannabes with uh, a, a, a cover, cover picture of, I can't remember if it was Bush or, or just Gavin Rosdale. Um, some quotes from that story. Uh, Gavin Rosdale is quite the genetically engineered pop star. Hmm. Um, and I liked this one. R.E.M., Sonic Youth and the Pixies did not slog around the 80s college circuit in unheated vans to make the world safe for a bunch of MTV confections like Bush. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to last week, there was a quote from David Frick, who writes for uh, Rolling Stone. I think he's mostly synonymous with Rolling Stone, but he wrote... Truly shameless wannabes like Bush should be so lucky to have had to have the hard smarts that Silverchair show on such frog stompers as Pure Massacre <laughs> and his real son. He's half right. But yeah, I mean, like he was calling out Bush, too. 
and, uh, yeah. and rightfully so. I, I really liked the quote that you mentioned. I feel I feel like that's pretty accurate. Yeah. The Independent in 1997, still this uh, this album still uh, selling strong, said they sound like Nirvana, in terms of the fragmentary lyrics, the aching groan, the punk rock guitars, and the sudden Pixies influenced dynamic switches, except that they don't quite convince. They don't have the passion or the power. So what do you see? I think there are evident differences, or sorry, evident similarities between Nirvana and Bush. What are the big differences? Why does this not work as well? I, I think with Nirvana, okay, so I, my takeaway is that Bush are specifically Nevermind wannabes. Um, I don't think they have any of the... Um, like uh, heavy or like artier um, elements of like bleach or in utero. It's all never mind. It's all the like smells like Teen Spirit. Um, uh, what's the um, like come as you are? Um, like all those like purely pop rock songs from Nevermind that I feel like they're. Um, influenced by so I, I think a, a major difference is they lack um, artiness and maybe even sincerity um, mm-hmm. that Nirvana had on on their earlier and later albums. Yeah, I I guess I want to say firstly that like so if Bush is a Nirvana wannabe like and Nirvana was influenced by the Pixies, I still can't draw that connection between pixies and, and bush it's agreed. so far away agreed yeah. um pixies I, I i think even nirvana kind of watered down the pixies because they had that you know the loud quiet loud thing was more nirvana than the pixies pixies were like their their dynamics were sudden it wasn't mm-hmm. so conventional or predictable like they would just have these bursts of volume mm-hmm. and it sounded violent and mm-hmm. and exciting unpredictable and yeah 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 mm-hmm. And Bush was never that way. But to me, the, the biggest difference between Bush and Nirvana is that Bush, um, specifically Gavin Rosdale, was really into like sexy brooding. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Kurt was like into actual miserable depression brooding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And Gavin is actually like kind of legitimately conventionally cool, which during this era somehow makes him very uncool and handsome, right? Like he's and like handsome. Yeah. Model ask. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. yeah. But he plays into it too. I mean, he's like, yeah, you know, he's always like, like mugging for the camera, like, like, you know, some kind of pop star and yeah. like that doesn't sit, yeah. sit right. He's putting on a show in those music yeah. videos. Like he's yeah. clearly. Yeah. So I have one slightly positive Nirvana difference and one negative Nirvana difference. While we're talking about the Pixies, I would say that the other really notable thing about Bush is that they have a lead guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, Nirvana doesn't really focus much on lead guitar. And he's the highlight of the band, I think. His name is Nigel Pulsford. He's been apparently replaced several times since now. (laughs) But uh, on on the three... Uh, Bush albums that I'm at least familiar with. Nigel Pulsford is playing lead guitar. And his guitar slices and lacerates like Joey Santiago's guitar at times. 
his guitar is does have like a razor like quality in terms of the way that it cuts through the songs and i would say in in come down the one genuinely great moment of this song we'll play a little clip is um one of the final choruses four minutes and 30 seconds of the way through the song there's this guitar that slices through the mix and plays this beautiful lead line as gavin ross still's continuing to just kind of repeat come down come down come down come down blah 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 um and it's a really exciting moment i mean it's a it's it's pretty great Um, so that's one thing that, and I did think that that was the most interesting thing on the album, but the other thing is just the lyrics are what I would just call empty grunge signifiers. Like Gavin Rosdale, somebody who listened to Kurt Cobain's lyrics and just heard like the, the notes that he took were not like anything about sincerity or anything about hard won wisdom or anything like that. The notes he took were like paradox, Mm -hmm. uh, sex and violence uh you know juxtaposition like that kind of thing so you end up with these lyrics like in in come down regret all police and celebration go ahead regret and celebration in this particular uh song i think yeah yeah definitely um but this song's apparently about a breakup but for some reason gavin rosdale is singing all police are paranoid so am i <laughs> So's the future. So are you. Be a creature. <laughs> Be a creature. Just like, why is he injecting paranoia into this song about a breakup? Like, it's because he wants to sound like Kurt Cobain. It's really the mm-hmm. only, I feel like it's fairly transparent. Yeah, a lot of the uh, comments that I had read, um, maybe on Song Facts or something like that, like all, most of the people when talking about the song were like, oh, this song's about drugs. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Which like, I didn't really get at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Not, but I mean, like you hear come down and like, just well, yeah, you hear that, not, that word or phrase and think like, oh yeah, you're coming down from a high. Not wanting to come down from whatever high. Right. Yeah. Like that. Would yeah. Be, yeah. Uh, yeah. But really, Which, yeah, I think so, he's talking about uh, like a relationship. Uh, yeah. Is what I gathered. Like me too. That's part of the, like, like, you know, the song has uh, instances of, of regret. And mm-hmm. instances of celebration of a past uh, relationship, you know, yeah, uh, regretful decisions. Maybe he regrets the breakup, but um, at the same time, he's kind of appreciating, um, you know, what he did have and doesn't want to come down from from that high. You know that yeah. um, this is the most I've ever looked into or thought about lyrics of any of the songs we've talked about, <laughs> which is hilarious that it's about f-ing come down by Bush. The most generic um, song. Yes. Like lyrically. <laughs> With the, yeah. Some of the stupidest lyrics. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's good. good. Yeah. I so, read yeah, that so this he, was the first song that he had written alone also. Like every huh. other song he'd written with a, you know, a team or something, oh, you know, which also like, come on. Right. I Writing mean, with I don't team. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, Masturbation uh, hand motion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he says this is about an ex-girlfriend. I wouldn't be surprised if he is, if he welcomes some drug interpretation in there. Sure. He says, I liked the idea of euphoria. 
but having that euphoria has a come down. It's inside your brain and just says, I'm having the greatest time and I don't want to stop. So I think, you know, the term come down is established in, you know, talking about like heroin use and, and things like that. So I'm sure he he's probably happy to to have come up with something that could be construed as a clever double meaning. Mm-hmm. Without ever having to put himself through the, you know. Right. You know, he's, he's <laughs> taking from Kurt's, you know, life. Uh, the only other thing about this song, you know, I think you'll be surprised. My rating is more positive than I'm making it sound like, and maybe it really just is about the lead guitar, but um, the album version of this song is five minutes and 27 seconds. The music video edit is four minutes and 37 seconds, but it's still... And opens definitely. A, a, a bit of a slog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of a... I don't want to say a treat. Yeah, maybe it was a little bit of a treat to hear the album version with the extended intro. Like, that's where mm-hmm. the majority of the time comes in, right? And, like, you're expecting just to kind of, like, start the song where the guitar kicks in. Because that's, I think, how it usually starts on the radio. Um, but, you know, there's, like, I don't know, a pretty good section of the song where it's just like bass and drums i appreciated mm-hmm. that too trav yeah I, I liked that um yeah starting with just the bass and the drums totally <laughs> Well, uh, the music video is our first fisheye experience, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the, the mid-90s. We're officially here. <laughs> uh, yeah. We got Gavin singing and dancing. Oh, yeah. Got some... Uh, Something like that. Saturated colors. Green. So much green. Well, he's in like a green-toned room, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's playing with a rolly chair. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, what is it like rope tied to all of the different instruments? Uh, I thought they were just like the, the chords, the, um, guitar chords, the cables. Yeah. I think it's just the cables. Like going from a guitar to an amp. Hold on. It looked like they were coming from not the amps though. Like the, cause like the drummer, I think had like something tied to like a drumstick or something like that. Oh, hmm. Yeah, like, and it looked like one end was coming from, like, uh, out, like, off camera or something like that. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, no, I guess my, yeah, my, uh, I assumed that it was just, you know, guitar to something off screen. But I'll tell you what, this video had me furious. This is all Gavin, (laughs) and he is so extra. He is so Mm. obnoxious, trying Mm. so hard. And he's just, he just sucks. He's just like humorless <laughs> and he's trying to be sexy. He's basically like Scott Stapp. Everything that everyone hates about Scott Stapp, Gavin Rossdale is Gosh, in this video. I've never thought about that. Oh, movie. I hated it. I was furious after watching this. Travis, I'm pretty sure I sent this to you a long time ago. The Gavin Rossdale Woodstock thing where he just says humiliating things about, uh, like I'm a white man, I'm a black man. Mm. <laughs> what? I, yeah. Maybe I don't it, remember. It just goes with the self seriousness. Um, 
Yeah, he spreads his arms like Jesus on the crucifix, and he says, I am a black man, I am a white man, on stage at Woodstock 1999. <laughs> Jesus. Boy. <laughs> Boy. That's not great. Yeah, he, God, he just sucks. He just All right, sucks. yeah, I'm, I'm still not completely decided, but I, I, was, I'm, I thought I was going to be the most negative voice on this episode, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm not. No, no, he really, he really fired me up, which is crazy because like, I, again, I came into this, um, with a generally sort of like positive outlook on Bush. And I know that he was like really popular with the girls I was going to school with mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. um, which I was fine with. Like, I not that it's, you know, my place to say that or anything like that, but it was just like, oh, cool. Like you like Bush. Good. Like that's a, you know, an alternative rock band. And that seems cool, but he just, he just sucks. Let's dig into this album. If we must. <laughs> All right. This so is the frog stomp of Bush. albums. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that sort of confounds the Bush narrative is that apparently they had finished recording this album by early 1994, but they didn't get much support from the label at first. Um, which I always thought that the, you know, the story of Bush was that basically labels chased, you know, they were, they were so desperately looking for Nirvana wannabes to sign that, uh, they would have really been aching to push this. But anyway, it didn't get released until December, um, had five singles, sold 6 million copies. Um, did either of you own this album when it came out? No. I don't know no. that I'd ever listened to really? it all the way okay. through. Yeah, this, yeah uh, I had neither. I, 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 this album was, uh, I feel like, a, a big part of my friend's music listening and socializing. I mean, this this was a big deal album. I, I'm sure I got it for 250 or $5 a couple years after it came out, but um, I owned it, listened to it pretty regularly. I think a lot of my friends in elementary school really loved Machine Head. Um, yeah, yeah, people definitely like Machine Head. Yeah. Um, Machine Head was still pretty good. I mean, like, you know, whatever. It, it kind of, like, it's a jock jam, right? <laughs> Is it? it, it yeah. yeah, I'm sure it gets played at, like, hockey games right. and stuff like that. There, before there the, are parts the of it starts. that I think are good, yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want to just go ahead and jump into singles, and, and then we can talk more generally after that? Sure. All right. Uh, Everything Zen, modern rock number two, mainstream rock number five. I thought, I think that song's pretty okay. Yeah, it might be the best song in the album. It is basically rocking it, rocking in the free world again. (laughs) Um, It has the lyrics uh, Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow and Dave's on sale again, which I think are Bowie references. Mm. Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow, certainly. That's Life on Mars, right? Life on Mars, yeah. And I do think uh, there's no sex in your violence is a good line, but it's like way overused. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> and then he said it 64 <laughs> times. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I wrote another note. This is fill in the blank grunge placeholders. Um, just empty, empty signifiers. And just the, the, the key phrase of the song, his way of saying Things are bad, in essence, is the thesis of the song. Is everything zen? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. 
um, I just that I don't. Th- it's such a yeah. Jim Carrey like Jeez. I don't think so being the main <laughs> sentiment of the song. I, d- I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> try to see it once his way. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Try to see it once his way. Uh, <laughs> there's some cool lead guitar. You know, the slide. The slide mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, little things. Modern rock number four. Mainstream rock number six. I I I think I really liked that song in my youth, um, but it doesn't really hold up. It's yeah, it's kind of crap. Yeah, about the same for me. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of uh, In Bloom this time mm, through. Mm-hmm, huh. Mm-hmm. Like a it's, yeah, much uh, lesser version of something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, 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 totally. It's generic, mm-hmm. g- just generic grunge. Yeah, it's definitely straight uh, bubble grunge. I mean, the, the, you got your eighth notes on the bass and your big chorus. Um, mm-hmm. The guitar picking on the on the mm. pre-chorus is kind of nice. I agree. Oh yeah, agree. yeah. that's the best the best thing about the song. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Machine Head, modern rock number four, mainstream number four. I liked this one as a kid. Yeah, I did too. I think uh, other friends of mine liked it more than I did. Um, I always liked the soft choruses. I, I thought that was a cool move. Um, and those are my favorite choruses in the song. Um, though when it gets big at the end, it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, that's all I got about that. This, uh, this song's about having sex with a car, right? <laughs> uh, song meanings, my song meanings.com user NFGO6 says, this song is about Darth Vader. Read the lyrics and think about it. Green to red, the thing on Darth's chest. Breathe in, breathe out. So I gave that one an upvote. <laughs> <laughs> the green, green to red. Uh, yep, green, green to red got a machine head. That's pretty incredible. That's, that's a pretty great. incredible uh, theory. Uh, yeah. Wow. Five Sith Lords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, but you know, some of that are deaf, dumb, and 30, starting to deserve this. Leaning on my conscience wall. Blood is like wine, unconscious all the time. If I had it all again, I'd change it all. I, don't, I just don't know what any of this... I don't think that Gavin Rossdale knows what this means. No, definitely not, but no, I love no. leaning on His my conscious wall. That is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, and then we'll have to talk about glycerine a little bit later. That's uh, going to be a, a number one. Un- yeah, we'll, oh, is that a save Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got another 16-stone single. Um <laughs> I, I would say there's not a great album track, and there are plenty of bad album tracks. Any album <laughs> tracks that stood out to you? I'll challenge you on that. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, oh, sorry. Um, I listened to this uh, multiple times actually, and um, first time through, I was like, "Wow, I think this album is not bad." And then the second time I listened to it. 
uh, which was just the other day, was rough. Uh, much more difficult. Um, but I do think there is some pretty decent, um, or at least one good album track, which is Bomb. Um, uh, like, I had a kind of weird sounding i i think it's just in fours but like maybe the guitar rhythm or something during the chorus was strange enough that it uh confuses the time signature a little bit um which i always like that move um yeah the chorus of that song is sort of in six it's like in six four that's the i'll kill a man yeah i'll kill a girl yes yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i i think that chorus is cool um I'm looking through my notes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, okay. The only other songs I noted were Testosterone and Monkey, which are both terrible. Um, especially <laughs> yeah. Testosterone. Uh, yeah, the lyrics that's are... the one with, uh, I'm a man, real proud of my manhood. Yeah. Um, I was surprised by um, the production on the album uh, is uh, on most of the songs pretty Albini-esque. Um, yeah, like the drums are big and I, I don't think I remembered that, but like specifically kick drum, uh, has a lot of room, um, which sometimes Albini doesn't do like sometimes Albini does tight kick drum, but you still get the room sound. And, uh, yeah, this is just a lot of room with the drums and I just was like, no wonder they chose to record with him with, uh, on the the next album. Um, Yeah. yeah. I assumed it was a Brendan O'Brien album for some reason, probably because, you know, ripping off the earlier grunge bands and he was like a big producer for like, you know, Pearl Jam and stuff Mm. like that. But um, I didn't get any of the Albini stuff, Mm. but that might just be because I, I don't know. I hear, I hear Albini albums as being like drier and less. um, Yeah. Yeah. And there's, it's definitely not a, dry sounding right production but there are there are elements of it like the kick drum okay on a lot of the songs oh, that's interesting. definitely sounds like albini um cool yeah um my album track notes um were basically like um body sounded like rusty cage by soundgarden um body is almost 6 minutes long of moderate yes. Uh, moderate tempo sludge. Yes. Bad chorus, songwriting worse than the teens in Silverchair. <laughs> sexy lyrics. <laughs> He's got to sex it up. Yeah. Testosterone, sex type thing effect. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Funny. By the time I got to Monkey, I um, thought of the SpongeBob meme where he says, I'm going to head out. <laughs> <laughs> I was done at Monkey. Monkey sucked. Uh-huh. It's bad. And I mean, like, testosterone sucked so much. I was, like, hanging by a thread, and, like, Monkey just didn't didn't cover it. Alien actually made me laugh out loud because it was so whack. But it also, <laughs> like, lasted six minutes. But it was, like, sustained feedback. It was, like, probably a five-minute and 45-second song, but they sustained the feedback so it would get to six and ended at, like, 6.02. <laughs> and I was like, come on. I know what you're doing. That's stupid. <laughs> I think that Alien is... Is the best album track wow oh, I, it's I actually, pleasant it's it's got a like a bass lead which maybe works its way into my heart uh mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it's it's got nice atmosphere i actually thought uh ex-girlfriend was 
my my favorite uh-huh. Uh-huh. album track because it was dumb and fun and completely out of place because like there's nothing fun about Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> yeah. Who's, all this posturing like you can't pretend like oh we're just gonna throw in like a minute and a half kind of like punk song like no come on but i mean like it was still a cool song yeah listening to this album i feel so disconnected to anything resembling a human emotion like i just don't i I mean i guess the chorus have come down but like even glycerine like I don't want to say too much, you know, in some ways it sounds like a lovely ballad, but like, what is he singing? Like what about some kind of industrial chemical? Like, I don't, he just, he throws away any chance to like make a human connection by, he just hides, he hides behind these dumb lyrics. Also, we didn't talk about the chord progression, which is the most basic thing you could possibly come up with. It's a one five four, yeah. yeah, right. Which is just like like the most rudimentary sort of like chord progression that you can come up with. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm never gonna listen to this album again. Yeah, no, me neither. Probably not. All right. Charts. Yeah. Top of the mainstream rock chart is a little song called Tomorrow by Silverchair. Great. <laughs> 7.5 Impure Massacres. <laughs> um, Says Travis. On the the uh, pop chart, our number one is Gangsta's Paradise, but over the course of this time, we switch over to... The best pop number one of the 1990s. Mm. Fantasy by Mariah Carey. Ten out of five. Uh, whatever. ODB guest appearances. Use, dude. Wait, really? Uh, fantasy is incredible. It's awesome. Fantasy is wow. just the best. It might be the best song we've talked about, period. It's pure this- joy. Oh God, come on. Wait a minute. This is Genius of Love. Yeah. Yes. Sure. And this is Mariah Carey. With different yes. two singing two like A plus things. Yeah. This is like this is like not a top five Mariah Carey song. Mm. Boo. For me. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I like <laughs> I, I don't want to shit on your stuff, but like oh man, I'm I'm really surprised to hear that. Because like this is like all the earlier stuff with Mariah, like I really loved. I loved all the singles from the first two albums. Yes. Yeah. There's some stuff from Music Box that I really love. But, like, yeah, when it got to this era, it was, like, starting to get hit or miss. And, like, she's just singing over Genius Love. Like The melody is so Genius good, singing though. Is Trav, she's singing a different melody over it, though, and it's a really good melody. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Genius, a perfect it's awesome. marriage. I love it. It's a perfect it. marriage. I, I think it is a purely just, it, like, incredible song. Yeah. Wow. And I love Genius of Love, of course. Yeah, I might like it more than Genius of Love. It's awesome. Yeah, I love I it. So. Wow, I love it's an it improvement. So much. I get so excited listening to the first thirty seconds of this song. Yeah. 
<laughs> and the alternate version with ODB, uh, I also like quite a lot. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, eight weeks at number one for fantasy. Yeah. Deserved. Um, the modern rock chart. Mm-hmm. There's some, some cool stuff on it. I agree. Um, a song that I've kind of gone back to is Simple Lessons from Candlebox from the album Lucy from 1995. I like that. Um, Do You Sleep by Lisa Loeb. Yeah, I had forgotten really about terrific. Do You Sleep. That was not oh, on my 89X playlist. Um, it's great. Very, very good. I, I like that chorus a lot. You eat sleep. familiar yeah trev that's a walter scheifel's uh walter schreifel's band right (laughs) yeah it was a well it was like a gorilla biscuits right i don't know yeah boy i should know i just know that walter i confirmed that walter schreifel's was in it um who he was also in quicksand yes and later rival rival schools schools. Yeah, yeah yeah Uh, yeah, no, Civ, Civ was in Gorilla Biscuits. Civ, like, so the whole band, Civ, was Gorilla Biscuits? No, Civ, Civ, Civ is a person. Oh. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Who, yeah, yeah. And Walter Schreifels was as well. <laughs> but um, Yeah. <laughs> so, so Civ is, like, essentially a, a person with a backing band? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Walter Schreifels was just in the backing band. Yes. Okay. And Walter Schreifels was in Gorilla Biscuits also? Yes. Okay. And Siv Wait, is... Siv might be a, uh, a, a Sade situation where he is both the person and the band. Mm. Like Alice Cooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... Civ, all caps. You sure it's not pronounced 104? <laughs> I'm not, actually. Okay, I feel that's like that's a reasonable question. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> good good question. Also, how about, how about well, I'll talk about a, a song that I, I know a little bit better. The last song there on the uh, the bottom of the chart. Oh, Breakfast at Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, Deep Blue uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I guess I thought that song was older than this. I guess I thought that song was I've, from like I've been surprised by that dynamic with uh, with several of the things. That we yeah, same, about. same for sure. But this song in particular, I was like, I feel like the song was from like 1992. Like, yeah, I'm I totally like, with you. I don't know. It just seems, yeah. Um, I was intrigued by real, real quick on the topic of breakfast at Tiffany's before. Oh, we move sorry, on. sorry, I'm uh, so sorry. Misheard lyric uh, adventures. I thought until very recently, like possibly months ago, that Breakfast at Tiffany's was just about a breakfast that he remembered at a restaurant called Tiffany's. 
And I thought when he said, I said what about breakfast at Tiffany's, I think I, she awesome. said, I think I remember the bill. And I always thought that it was strange <laughs> that they remembered the bill from the restaurant so well. And that they both kind of liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they both kind of liked that breakfast. I will say I, I enjoyed that song, but the, the, the ending line of that chorus is pretty bad. Uh, and I said, well, that's one thing we've got. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. bad. <laughs> the whole thing, like they're breaking up and they're like, uh, well, yeah, there's that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's like yeah it's like well we, I, we both I think both i like that remember right? the film okay yeah yeah i watched uh, breakfast at tiffany's with an ex once how'd it go did it save your relationship um well it eventually ended but i can think of one thing we've got <laughs> yeah good um I was intrigued by uh, the Innocence mission uh, at number 38. Um, all I know is that they are like a vaguely like Christian band that like all of the Christian punk bands that I liked. Like all, You'd never know based on the name. They, <laughs> <laughs> but they were one of those bands that was like, we're not a Christian band, you know? But they mm-hmm, were like mm-hmm. clearly a Christian a band. band. Of Christian. Um, yeah. But yeah, like every Christian like underground band I liked always, uh, like in interviews and stuff, always talked about the Innocence Mission, and mm-hmm. uh, I never knew that they were on a major label or had like alternative um, popularity. I guess um, at any was point. that like a trip hop project or something? Um, or like or like dream pop or something like that. Like, I think I've honestly never listened to them. Um, yeah, me neither. But like, I'm pretty sure they were like, I mean, maybe like, I don't think they, I I'm thinking of his name is alive. That was on four AD. Um, hmm. I, but like, I think they were like that kind of thing, like a dream pop or like psychedelic or like jangle pop thing or something. I don't know. Um, Oh, but sounds nice. I wouldn't know. I just was intrigued that they were even on the charts at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had forgotten. Also Bowie, right? Yeah, Bowie. Yeah, was yeah Bowie. I, yeah. I hadn't heard that song before I listened to it today. It was good. Yeah. From the album Outside, which is like part of some kind of very like high concept project he was working on that never really got finished. Hmm. Yeah, the only 90s Bowie song that I really know is I'm Afraid of Americans. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to see that Garbage's debut was mm. the song Queer. I had kind of forgotten about that song, but um, I believe that this is the first time that we've seen Garbage appear on the charts, and we will have a number one from them, but nothing from this monster uh, debut album with I'm Only Happy When It Rains and Stupid Girl and um, at least two or three other good singles. Uh I think that I would enjoy going back and listening to, to Garbage's debut. I, I enjoyed listening to Queer. And um Do we gotta be gar- the gotta be the girl apologist again. Uh, I'll stick around. Oh. It's new on the chart this week and it's good. It's a good song. It's not necessary. <laughs> do, do we He'll he'll apologize for himself. Do he'll write an, an essay in the Atlantic about his own songs. It's fine. <laughs> back to Garbage. Do we get a garbage song? 
We do, um, yeah. The, okay, the one from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, number oh. one crush. Oh, strange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The I would die for you song. Cool. Okay. Well, you want to rate Come Down? Yeah. Uh, I'll go. Uh, I give it 3.5 stone. <laughs> um, I give it two sexes in your violence. Okay. I'm going to go with a different uh, Everything Zen reference and give it three asshole brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so not in the style of shame. Style of blame. Sorry. Yeah. I did. Um, I, I rated that the highest. Wow. You did. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about our my stats getting cramped this season, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I think I, I I've got some real positivity coming up in the next month or so. Well, uh is <laughs> is Bush a Nirvana wannabe? <laughs> <laughs> Definitively. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's close this out. Tell me all your thoughts on Pod is part of the Off Shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine and check out our sibling podcast, Best Song Ever. Email us about upcoming songs at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. Email us a question and we'll discuss it at our earliest convenience. Or send us comments, memories, corrections, and complaints. If you send comments as a voice memo, we'd love to include them at the end of the show. Listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. You can also join our Facebook group, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. Uh, next week, we're doing a Goo Goo Dolls song, but I repeatedly assured someone that I wouldn't tell you its name. It's good. It's better. <laughs> 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 All right, bye. 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 <laughs>